welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. I'm one of your hosts, Sean Bowles, and I'm here with Bob Hassan. Bob, who do we have on today? Oh, we have Chef Fabrice. Yes. And, um, you know, I've told you a lot about him. You're going to love him. Oh, I I'm just am sad that we're not in one of his kitchens. This is like uh-huh. so cool to talk to a chef mm-hmm. of his magnitude. Well, I'm going to read it. I'm going to talk to you about his bio and I'm going to have to read some of it because it's pretty extensive. So he started in 1981 at the age of 16 in France uh, cooking and he ended up cooking for President Mitterrand. And oh, wow. he, he earned his chef's diploma in France. He was a sous chef at this uh, Michelin, uh, four-star Michelin restaurant. In uh, 1990, he moved to the United States, to San Diego specifically. And then he just started on all these you know, famous restaurants in San Diego at the La, wow. La Valencia Hotel. And he opened his own restaurant with his wife, Marilyn. And you know he's cooked for, are you ready for this? He's cooked for... Uh, Russian President Gorbachev, German Chancellor uh, Helmut Kohl, King Hassan of Morocco, and King Hussein, as well as many, he just says, as well as many Hollywood celebrities like Michael Jackson, The Police, Sir Elton John, Sammy Davis Jr., and Liza Minnelli. That's amazing. I mean, he just, he's he's this amazing chef. And we've had, you know, the... He's our friend. We we had him cook for us and do events for us. But there's some really cool things about him. He's a black belt in jujitsu, and he's a world champion. And he uh, he loves he he's an evangelist. uh, uh, Goes to the streets for the homeless, and has started a ministry to kind of the Muslim community. So our our our, I think our listeners are going to love him, and you're going to love him. So I already love him. I I know we were on for a minute before we couldn't get the technology to work, and the whole time I just thought this guy's so humble. Like yeah. I've met a lot of chefs. I've never met a humble chef. <laughs> right. This is my first one. And yeah. he's so humble for being from France and, you know, immigrating to America. Like I just really loved his heart and his faith. His faith is central to, to his whole life. And he, one of the things I love about him is he's very vulnerable and he talks about, you know, his, he, he'll talk about his failures and kind of his struggles with pride. And I think, you know, you and I have heard lots of people and we've seen lots of chef shows, right? Where the yeah. chef is like this and Super is just not like that. Wow. I mean, to bring that a different culture in, we talk about, you know, your book, the culture or business of honor to bring a different culture into those behind the scenes places because they're so famously known for one culture that they all operate in. And so mm-hmm. for him to come in with his culture, I think it's really good for our listeners to hear that too, because you may not be obviously in the restaurant industry or a chef, but to know that you can impact culture no matter how set in stone it is or no matter mm-hmm. how polarized it is already, it's like the kingdom inside of us changes the world around us. And I love that we get have these conversations to prove it. Yeah, well, up next, Fabrice. 
the most important book I've ever written is coming out. It's coming out on February 22nd through bowlsministries.com. You can get a copy. It's called Encounter. And this book is going to prepare you for what God's doing now in the upcoming move of God. That's imminent, that God's shown me. And I believe this book is going to help people to come into their assignment and the greater works we're called to. You can get the book now. And if you get it, if you pre-order it in this time frame, you're going to get a free e-course. If you pre-order a wholesale cost of three, five, or 10 books, you also are going to get the e-course and a prayer prophetic ministry appointment. We're going to pray for you as a team and believe in God's greatness in you. We need people who've had encounters to be raised up right now and see the greatness of Jesus through their calling. So go to bowlsministries.com and pre-order today. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. I'm so excited about our chef. I don't think we have a real podcast until we have a chef who's from France on, Bob. This is amazing. But yeah. Chef Fabrice, we're so glad you're here today. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm very excited to see you guys both and uh, to be there. Thank you for the, the honor of having me. Well, the only thing that would be better is if we were in one of your kitchens right now. But that's okay. We're going to have a great interview anyways. We're excited. Yeah. No food. I'm sorry. I didn't bring any food with me. <laughs> Sean, Sean, I have to tell you a story once. He, uh, Fabrice was a chef a long time ago, in a, and he had a chef kitchen that was all glass all the way around. Oh, nice. And you sat at this table in the kitchen oh. and watched him do his thing. And the food wasn't very good, but it was a great experience. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you guys are old friends. This is great. I'm speaking on you already. Fabrice, so glad yes. to have you. Could you, uh, we would just love to hear about your, uh, experience when you were 16 you started cooking and you found the lord tell us tell us about a little bit about your process well uh first of all i was a terrible student so my options were uh, somewhat limited uh, i think it's a it's a you know it's a topic that's on a lot of politicians mind in mm -hmm. europe and also in the united states right now because not everybody can go to college uh so nevertheless at uh, almost 16 uh, I went home one day uh, after a test uh, from junior high, and I told my mom that that was it. I would not go back to school. Wow. Uh, as, you, as you can imagine, she was not very pleased, but maybe not so surprised. Um, so um, she, you know, would look for trade. I, I really had no idea really what I wanted to do. I love food. My, my father, both my parents are amazing cooks, uh, my father specifically. And um, so it was kind of a natural you know, uh, orientation for me where I kind of lean toward the restaurant industry, which to be honest, is probably the easiest one to get in. <laughs> mm -hmm. So prior to that, the only thing I ever tried was to be, uh, I went to be the man a mountain ranger uh, <laughs> in France because I love, I love skiing. And uh, I, for some reason, I, I, I had uh, some strange relationship with discipline. My parents divorced when I was pretty young. So mm -hmm. I was always attracted to the military. So I tried to uh, test for the mountain rangers uh, and I fell obviously because my grade was so low. <laughs> so the restaurant industry came next and um, you know, I had the great opportunity of coming to this country at uh, 26 years old. Uh, I did, I was trained, you know, traditionally and I would say, uh, uh, you know, fairly normally for a French person, 16 to 18 years old, you finish your education and you spend a week a month uh, at your employer, who teaches basically everything he can to you, takes you under his wing, and um, but you finish your general education. And at 18 years old, uh, 18 years old, you get a chef diploma, and then you start building your resume like you would do in any other professions. Mm. Uh, 
And uh, so I did that until I was 26, worked in Paris for the French president. Wow. Um, you know, worked in some really famous restaurant that opened in 1792 uh, wow. in Paris, and then came to this country in 1990. Wow. So talk about your faith in the midst of that. Like, how did you meet Jesus? Because I know in that time frame, how how did people even meet Jesus in France? It wasn't a very popular subject. Yes, well, that would require a couple of podcasts, but um, I, quickly, I can tell you that um, uh, I actually became a Christian in this country, and um, that's oh. why, you know, the United States always had a special place in my heart for, because it's my second country, I am a citizen, mm -hmm. but also because I became a Christian um, mm -hmm. in this country, I went to a great glory uh, harvest crusade. Wow. My wife took me to uh, a crusade and uh, I didn't barely spoke English really, um, at least worse than I do now. And um, and I was drawn. I mean, I was drawn to the article. Um, you know, I was never rebel, a rebel against God. I mean, I was raised Catholic as 99% of the French people. Um, but um, yeah, it would have been a very different story, I'm sure, if I had said in France, because as you know, probably France uh, is very challenged when it comes to Christianity uh, or, yeah. or, or has forgotten, uh, you know, their way. Wow. Wow. So in your relationship with God, how has your your relationship to Jesus specifically affected your career? Well, in so many ways. I mean, the restaurant industry, it's its its a pretty, I have to say, and honestly, it's a pretty violent industry. I mm -hmm. mean, it's usually where you meet people that drink a lot, party a lot, uh, stay up late, uh, do drugs, um, lots of hours, lots of hard work. People work hard, but play hard. So uh, that's the industry I grew up in since I was 16 years old. So as you can imagine, until I was in my mid-20s, uh, when I met my wife um that's the life i i lived you know i didn't know any better um i had really I, except for my chef that was my uh, my mentor professionally but personally as far as life's concerned i really had no direction uh, i just basically did whatever seemed right to me which was pretty much anything and, and everything um and i just you know peer pressure as well being young and so um, I did all, all really, I can think as a Christian now, looking back, I'm like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe I have this life. Uh, and then I, you know, the, the minute I became a Christian, uh, I have to say that I, I start spiritual warfare started mm -hmm. in, instantly and lasted for a few years because um, I just could not, intellectually, I, I understood that I was giving a new identity, but um, but practically, practically speaking, uh, it was, something I, I just couldn't grasp uh, this this new identity I was given, wow. you know, and the flesh obviously was a major bottom for years, four years. Wow. Yeah, I, we've talked to a lot of people, Fabrice, who, who kind of have that. I had that happen with spiritual warfare, but tell us like some amazing story about how maybe you started a restaurant or you got a job or what, whatever, and you knew that it was God directing you. Yes. So I opened actually my restaurant downtown San Diego uh, some years ago, and uh, I'm going to go exactly the opposite, uh, but I knew God told me not to do it. Oh, wow. <laughs> and yet I wow. did it. Uh, I, I paid for it. Uh, but, but the reason I bring this up is because through the process, 
And at least for me personally, that's how I experience, you know, my faith a lot. I made a lot of wrong decisions, but through the hardship that comes with it of making the wrong decision, God always takes us by the hand, lead us mm -hmm. through it, kind of like through the desert. And when we come out of it, you know, and we see the green pasture, we are better off because we most likely never going to do that same mistake or make that same yeah. decision ever again. Uh, but it's been plenty of, 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 of time where, you know, I, uh, I mean, like downtown San Diego, you know, um, I still remember to this day uh, taking my crew downtown and bringing leftover food to the homeless, you know, and doing things like this out of the heart, but really uh, as an opportunity to, to share the love of Christ with others, wow. including my crew and my 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 uh, uh, people working, you know, for me uh, and with me. So, um, you know, that's just one example. But throughout my career and my my uh, my my work in the industry, uh, one amazing opportunity to to share the love of Christ because there's so many people that are so hunger, uh, that are so hungry for God and hunger for for relationship. You know, um, Fabrice, I. Could you expand a little bit about how you opened the restaurant, but you knew God didn't want you to? <laughs> we want to unpack that story because a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people yeah. disobey God. And then I love how you said he held your hand. I, I want to do the same thing, Bob. I was like, wait a minute. Let's yeah. camp yeah, at yeah. that story for a minute. Yeah. It's well, not, I, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's not that we want to know all the gory details. It's just that when you said that it, so many of us have made decisions and known that it maybe wasn't the right thing. And I, you seem so adamant about, it. you knew it was the wrong, God didn't want you to. So could you? Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. So uh, it's a good story, actually. So at the time uh, I met uh, the gentleman that became my partner in this, in this business venture, mm -hmm. um, we had just opened a restaurant for junior, uh, junior sale down in San Diego, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Charters, football players. Yep. which kind of became an acquaintance and somewhat of a friend and cooks for his wedding and rehearsal yep. and all these things. Long story short, uh, this gentleman who had just opened a restaurant for Junior uh, approached me and said, hey, Fabrice, you know, uh, you're a great chef and, you know, I want you to uh, open a, a consulting company with me. And uh, I, keep in mind, I mean, I, that was my very first chef position in this country. So I really knew very little about business or actually pretty much nothing. Uh, 26 years old, uh, and to answer your question, but I think pride uh, is mm. is the word. You know, I was like, oh wow, I didn't think twice about it, but it was kind of like, you know, uh, you know, a little whisper in my ears, like, oh, you're gonna be a consulting chef partner, you know, in a business that you have no idea or no clue what it's like or what it would be like, but it sounds so good, you can't refuse it. Wow. And that's basically what I did. You know, it was really a prideful move. I was like, well, uh, yeah, okay. I didn't think twice about it. I said, sounds good. I left a great job uh, working for a great company. And like Bob said, I had a beautiful kitchen. And um, But I just jump in, you know. Um, but the great thing about this, um, I have never touched a computer, for example. So from one day to the other, I find myself in an office with a computer in front of me uh, <laughs> working on business plan. Um, yeah. And I have literally, I mean, I was like a blank stare in my eyes. Okay, what am I doing here? I'm a chef. <laughs> so uh, long story short, a few months, almost a year later, we decided to open a restaurant because I had told my partner, hey, listen, I love computers, but really not that much. And I'm a chef, so maybe... 
I should go back to the restaurants. And his answer was to open a, a restaurant together, uh, which was another story for another day, but learning about partnership uh, was another challenge in itself. So um, that's pretty much how it happened. Wow. Wow. So, so kind of take us on the journey from there, like from there until like more your recent years, because now you've had a lot of maturity in your growth with obviously the God that identity stuff was really answered when you were young. Talk about your faith now and how your faith impacts your current career and what you're building with God and with your family. Yeah. So, I mean, now it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, I always, this pause, you know, I have this, whenever decision I have to make, um, whenever I have to say something in a meeting or I visit a lot of restaurants and I'm very blessed because really I, I'm more involved in research and development, but I, I visit a lot of businesses. A lot, we have 22 restaurants now in our company. Um, and big part of my job is to encourage people. I mean, it's oh. tough industry. I'm no longer so much in operation, but I'm kind of, a, you know, in the back in the, in the office, which is a blessing because mm -hmm. I, I see both worlds. But when I visit restaurants, it's such a blessing because I can encourage people, you know, and I'm, I've never been, I mean, within reason, obviously, professionally, but I've never been shy about my faith. And, uh, and I, I always find myself, God always give me opportunities um, to bring him up. You know, even in the professional realms, which is really amazing because yeah. I don't need to be preachy or I don't need to do anything, you know, from buoyant. Yeah. God always gives me the opportunity to find one person. It doesn't matter if it's a dishwasher, if it's a cook, if it's a server or birth boy, somebody who needs encouragement, you know, it's always put in from me, you know. So it's uh, in that way, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's beautiful, really. That's amazing. I think of that like just the opportunities that I've, you know, went to a restaurant one time and actually a couple of times I've had people who were on staff at a restaurant share something about Jesus with me. It was really mm -hmm. precious that they, and they had no idea, you know, it was a minister, pastor, whatever, but the right. fact that they took the risk and it was like a really beautiful moment. And I just think, mm -hmm. you know, besides evangelism though, what are some of the, um, the keys that you've, you've gleaned through life as far as how God operates with you in your career and like how, because you kind of shared earlier about how um, you heard from him not to do that restaurant and you did it anyways. What are some mm -hmm. of the times when God said to do something or showed you to do something, or maybe it was with you and your wife, or maybe it was in your career? Well, uh, actually, I can follow in, the, in, in that footstep. Uh, so after the restaurants, um, my wife, uh, which always uh, amazes me because it's like, she had such a strong, such an amazing, special relationship with Jesus. But mm -hmm. um, it's almost, it's almost like, well, it's not almost. I know God speaks through her all the time, as mm -hmm. most of our wives. Right. So you know, shortly after the restaurant, so to end up the restaurant story, uh, uh, we we sold the restaurant basically uh, a month prior 9/11, and we would have gone bankrupt wow. for sure uh, 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 right after. Yeah. Uh, so we we sold it a month prior, but um, it was an old French restaurant tour uh, in our town, and my wife would tell me, "It's like, why don't you go talk to him? Why don't you go talk to him?" Every day we were driving by this restaurant, and I said, <laughs> "You know what?" Stop bothering me with this. It's a stupid <laughs> idea. He has a chef. He's not interested. I'm not good enough. And this and that. And maybe a few days later, weeks later, the chef of that very restaurant calls me and says, hey, uh, Fabrice, uh, my wife hates San Diego. We're going back to San Francisco. 
if you want the job, it's yours. <laughs> so I was like, what? And it was a very, very reputable restaurant in San Diego. And I was like, seriously? It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm leaving and I'm not getting along with the owner. So, so anyway, I called the guy, uh, this restaurant owner guy. And um, he used to call me my little chicken. Uh, Mon poulet, he used to call me in French. <laughs> and uh, he says, you know what? I'm going to France this afternoon, but if you can show up in the next two hours, I will sign some papers and uh, you're the chef of that restaurant. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's so, you know, that was obviously, you know, through my wife, but my wife was convinced that it was a job for me because God had told her that, you know. Um, and even where I am today, to go back to the question, um, you know, this company I work for, uh, I worked for them um, some years ago and I had left uh, after a little while because I had decided that I could no longer be a chef for a lot of different reasons, some spiritual, some physical, uh, some emotional. But um, I, I wrote a really nice letter, uh, you know, really from the heart to, to our CEO and to the owner of this company. And um, for some reason, same thing again. My wife said, you know, you're probably going to work for these people again. And I was mm -hmm. like, I don't think so. She goes, yeah, we will. Mm -hmm. Well, whatever. And after we go through some, you know, three years went by. And we were in a very desperate situation, my wife and I, uh, financially. And, um, you know, I was, uh, again, I decided to go on my own and think that I can be uh, a great uh, entrepreneur, <laughs> which by now I can tell you I have not a single bone in my body that says, <laughs> to be, you know, but uh, that's, again, another story. But long story short, uh, three years later, uh, I received the phone call. And uh, the vice president of the company uh, asked me if I was interested to uh, get uh, uh, to to have a director job for the company. Wow! Um, so I told him that you know, let me think about it, and and I, I call you back, and I pretty much call him back thirty minutes later. Um, <laughs> so yeah. so it was a great opportunity. But all this to say that um, you know, and I always tell people I I, I work with or the crew I work with, and you know, never burn never burn bridges. You just never know because yeah. uh, the only reason they brought me back is because I had written this really uh, honorable, you know, uh, email uh, to both the CEO and the owner of the company yeah. saying, hey, I'm very sorry. And, you know, here's why, why I'm making this decision. And they brought me back and didn't think twice about it. Fabrice, you have this celebrated career. You're a celebrated chef. You've cooked for all kinds of people. But. Let us know, like, when you hear God, how do you hear God for, like, decisions like this? Um, when you're going to one of your restaurants to make sure the quality and the process is right, how do you hear God to encourage people? Well, I think mostly because I always struggle with this imposter syndrome, you know, in my life, thinking yeah. that either I was too good, but most often I was not good enough. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of people, specifically lately, uh, that think they're not good enough. Wow. You know, and, and I think a little nudge, a little encouragement, um, a hug, a handshake, a look even. You know, I mean, yeah. a, a handshake and a look um, can say it says it all, really. And uh, yeah. as one fact, I think uh, I, I, you know, God has put people in my life like that, even homeless sometimes where I was able to shake her hand and look at them in the eyes and, you know, remind them that they are precious to God, you know, that yeah. they are a, a person, that they deserve respect. Mm -hmm. 
uh, as anyone else would uh, deserve respect. So, so I think in that way, I'm always, you know, mainly God speaks to me because I'm, I'm can be very disobedient and I still very much struggle with pride <laughs> and my ego. So usually it's kind of a redressing kindness, love, but mm-hmm. it's always gentle. Um, but as I'm getting older, it's interesting because um, I, I was I didn't finish my my thought, but uh, I always have these two second pause where I have to think and ask God, really, is this is it? This is it? You know, where I have this moment where I can think before I say something mm. or before I make a decision. Yeah. Um, which, which in the past, you know, I mean, I was always, I mean, what was I, what, what I was thinking would just come out of my mouth, yeah. you know, and uh, I was just kind of like, uh, you know, uh, my own pastor at the Rock Church would say a verbal diarrhea, you know. But um, <laughs> that is such a good key. Like, seriously, <laughs> I think a lot of people are going to hear that and go, yeah. Yes, I need that same. I need a moment to be nudged by the Holy Spirit. Honestly, that's yeah. we all need that in those moments. Well, how can people go to one of your restaurants? How will we get a hold of uh, eating and supporting and being a part? Well, we we have uh, multiple concepts. Uh, one um, that is somewhat uh, uh, very popular in Southern California is called Water Grill. So Water Grill is uh, we have one in San Diego, Santa Monica. Uh, downtown Los Angeles, uh, Costa Mesa in South Coast Plaza. Wow. And we excited because we opening Denver uh, in a couple of months nice. and Bellevue, Washington in the spring. So great concept. I mean, it's it's amazing seafood. Uh, we harvest seafood from all over the world and uh, we really specialize in oysters. We serve approximately, you know, two to three million oysters, you know, through the years. And we have king crabs, live king crabs in our tanks. Oh my lobsters. We follow the season, so we have spiny lobsters and uh, unis and all these good things. I know some people are salivating uh, right now as they're listening and want to yeah. go. <laughs> well, Fabrice, thank you so much for being on with us. We there's so much we didn't talk about your jujitsu and your love <laughs> of your love of the homeless and and Muslims, and we'll maybe get to that next mm-hmm. time. But up next with Sean and Bob, we'll answer your questions. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment to upgrade everything we're doing to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have, that they will have this this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on a journey with our partners because they are some of our, they're a team, they're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership and you will become a partner. 
now is our time, our segment where viewers and listeners ask us questions. And we had a really good one come in. Uh-huh. This is how do you balance life outside of work when both spouses are running the same business? Where does work in and life begin? And there's a lot of people you're running your business or your entrepreneurship or your whatever it is with your spouse. And, and both Bob and I have experienced a measure of this. Like I actually run everything with my wife, our ministry and our business and our family, everything. And then Bob, Lauren, you know, runs a ministry, you run your business, but you guys make so many of the decisions together. So how do you do this? Well, I think for what this listener is talking about, um, they are both running a business together and everything just blends together. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is, is setting boundaries, which seems which seems really hard. And however you do it in your life, uh, let's say you work nine to five, but you're a business owner. So you really work 24 hours a day. Yeah. And, and I think the boundary has to be at a certain point in time in the morning and the night, you have to turn off this business thing and become a couple again. Yeah, uh, because you don't want to lose the connection that brought you together, the love connection that brought you together. And you have to have the ability to to be a couple again. Um, if you have kids, of course, then, you know, you're you're managing the kids. And then whenever they go to when do they go to bed, Sean, seven, seven, eight, eight, nine, nine. Who has, you know, yeah. It's and when you're going to go to bed an hour later. Right. <laughs> so so I, I just say that you have to have boundaries around it yeah. so that you can get your relationship together. Sean, you're right in the middle of this. What do you think? <laughs> Little kids. I mean, Sheree and I, our, our main tool, I would say, is goal setting. And that's a boundary. is actually setting goals for how we're going to spend time together with the kids and realizing that we're going to have to adjust 30 to 40% of our goals every week. So we have to have a recheck in. So for good. our goals for the week. And that's mm-hmm. discouraging for a lot of people who are, you get disappointed in your expectation because things didn't work out the way that you planned them last week. And so now you're looking at going, wow, we plan a date night every week, but it hasn't happened two times out of this month now. And realizing I have to adjust to that. But as long as I set goals, they're going to happen more than they don't happen. And so Sri and I have, we have a, every, every week, usually it's Monday morning, sometimes it's Sunday night, we set the goals for the week and 30% of them don't happen. But you know what? The ones that happen, we're super intentional about and the second thing is when we have our own time together, like especially for us, because divorce is such a real thing in our generation. It's like the majority and a lot of people don't live in nuclear family now. I think it's only 20% of America does. I don't know worldwide what the statistic is, but I just look at that and go, okay, we have to have focus time. So when we go out and have date time, we don't talk about work. We don't talk about our kids. We don't talk, we talk about us and we talk about dreams and life and love and laugh. Yeah. And so that's a huge deal. Cause I know that most people who have date nights can't separate whatever they're because they don't have other meetings for it to separate those things. And so even the goal is to have a work meeting well, well before we have a date meeting. Yeah. So the date meeting is a meeting, but it's actually a date. So those are just some keys that we have. Yeah. I love the goal. I love the weekly goal setting. I love you guys have always been so good at date nights. And, and I think, you know, you set boundaries, you go on date nights, you, you just make sure that you love each other and keep that love connection going. Thank you so much for the question. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time, but you can go to bowlsministries.com and press the ask Sean and Bob a question button and either write, uh, write a question or ask a question audio. And we would love to hear from you. We'd love to answer your questions. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast, part of the Exploring Podcast series. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing or even rating and reviewing so that more people can connect to us. Also, we'd love to be part of your spiritual journey, and we have amazing resources at our website, www.bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, including other free media, TV shows, books, and even an ongoing mentoring online platform. See you there.